Welcome to the Hypnotoad Podcast on the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. It is your BFF from Media Day. We're covering all things Big 12 Media Day today as TCU wraps up their first day. And then, of course, MLB Draft. Got a chock full episode for you. But before we get into all of it, talk about Sonny Dykes, talk about the guys who were there, talk about some of the expectations, what was Media Day like for everybody, MLB Draft. Before we get into any of that or all of that, we got to subscribe, rate, review the podcast, guys. Let's get those numbers up. We're doing a good job getting those good lifts in. You know, let's do a little bit more shoulders and back. Let's get a little bit more of the rating and reviewing going. Win a free Harlan College Sports koozie by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. Send the screenshot of your rating and review, whether it be good or bad. Send it either way to Pete Mundo at HeartlandCollegeSports.com. That's Pete Mundo, the big boss, M-U-N-D-O, at HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Get a free koozie. Summer, still in full swing, guys. Still in full swing. Want to keep your beverages cool? That is the best way to do it with a Heartland College Sports koozie. All right, well, let's get into it, all right? Media day. We'll talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll start with the good. The good thing is that the conversation coming out of this and if you haven't seen it, you're going to hear it a ton from this point and probably till the end of the season, is all stake, no sizzle. That is the soundbite that everybody's using from Sonny Dykes in his press conference at Media Day. All stake, no sizzle. He doesn't want any of the fanfare. He doesn't want any of the, the accolades. doesn't want to get all hyped up, which I totally get, because this is not the TCU season. If we rated all of the storylines coming out of Media Day, coming into this Big 12 season, TCU losing the Big 12 t- title game to Kansas State, and then winning a playoff game, and then playing in the national championship, being the only Big 12 team to win a college football playoff game thus far, that probably would rank, what, third or fourth of the storylines coming into the season. The number one, of course, probably being the addition, and then, of course, the subtraction next year of TCU or uh, Texas and OU. That would probably be the biggest story. The conversation around uh, Jaden Daniels or Jalen Daniels, the uh, quarterback from Kansas, who had a nice little blinged out, had the Apple Watch around the neck. I thought it was really cool. I think anybody who told you that they weren't impressed by that are lying to you because it looked incredible. Those are the storylines that are coming out of here. Can the Big 12 get a Heisman Trophy winner? Can one of these quarterbacks in this conference compete with Caleb Williams at USC to try to stop him from being the first Heisman winner since Archie Griffin to win back-to-back Heisman trophies? Can one of the, our guys, one of the guys in our conference, be the dude that's hoisting it up in uh, New York at the end of the season? That would be like the second storyline. So TCU coming into this season is probably the third or fourth storyline coming off of a win in the college football playoffs. So all stake, no sizzle. He is determined to keep this program as black and white, as boring as possible, which I respect. we got to mention this. I looked high and low. I was not at Media Day, of course. Our friends at Heartland College Sports were. Make sure you go follow them on Twitter and Instagram. They have you covered. They Well, they should they say they had you covered. And then, of course, go to online to uh, heartlandcollegesports.com because they've got a ton, a ton of great write-ups over there on TCU and then the rest of the conference as well. But they were there, and I was looking high and low. I was trying to find any of the TCU players who would get talked about. Any of the guys that were there, there was Bud Clark was there, Brandon Coleman was there, Josh Newton was there. He's on a couple of uh, those preseason teams. Jared Wiley, the tight end. I was looking for maybe a couple of sound bites that we could incorporate in. 
Not a whole lot of interesting sound from any of these guys, which is what you want as a fan, not what you really want as a content creator. Not really what I was looking for. You know, you want as a fan, and I'm always going to be a fan first here for you guys. As a fan, I want these press conferences to be as boring as possible. I want as much information given to me as a fan as possible. I want them to be transparent with me. I don't want them to beat around the bush. I don't want players or coaches to get up on the stadium, get up on the podium, and, you know, just give me coach talk. I don't want that as a fan. I want you to be transparent, but I also don't want you to say anything that might entice a fan base to get pissed off. I don't want you to go up there and say, well, you know, actually, Georgia wasn't that good. Or actually, Texas, no, you, we don't need him in the conference. I don't need that. I don't need that fanfare. I don't need that sizzle. And that's exactly what Sonny Dykes is doing. He's all stake, no sizzle. That is the first thing, okay? This is the conversation that we need to go to second. So TCU picked fifth in the media polls. And the question then turns into, did they get it right? Well, picking fifth automatically kind of made my stomach turn over. Because last year, they were picked seventh. They ended up playing in a conference championship game, winning a playoff game. So you would think to yourself, okay, the media did not respect this TCU team last year. Maybe they give them a little bit more respect this year. Not the case. So they picked Texas at number one, a team that has consistently underachieved. Maybe year two of Sarkeesian will be the thing that turns it around, right? Or year two of Quinn Ewers will be the thing that turns it around with Archie Manning in the wings, with a quarterback room that you don't really know who the best quarterback is. Maybe this is the year, right? Maybe this is the year that they figure it all out. After having a top 10 pick last year at running back that they never really were able to, I think, fully utilize. But maybe this is a year, right? Hope springs eternal in Austin, Texas. Kansas State, the team that won the conference last year, too. I can justify that. That would make sense to me. Okay, Kansas State ahead of TCU. You want to put them ahead? Fine. OU at three. Okay, another head scratcher here. Are we just giving Texas and OU these these flowers as they walk out the door? I'm not going to disagree with it. OU, you want to put them ahead of TCU. You want to make TCU as far down in the order as possible. That's fine. The one that bothered me was Texas Tech. That's the one that got me. Because, again, granted, you know, you put TCU at three, you put TCU at five. At the end of the day, it does not really matter. They're not going to get the respect that they deserve in these uh, preseason polls. But they put Texas Tech at four, TCU at five. Fine. You want to put this at five? That is okay. We'll put it on the bulletin board. We'll make that bulletin board material. What bothers me the most about this media poll, though, is that all of a sudden, and this is where I think is really funny. Now, so when Sonny Dykes talks about the lack of talent, right, when he says that, you know, uh, Quinton Johnson, Condry Miller, Max Duggan, all those guys are off the team. When he talks about the lack of talent or the, the talent that has left, right, better way to say that, the way the talent has left uh, Fort Worth to the NFL, when he says that, okay, I can get behind it. That's the head coach telling me that, yeah, this might be a little bit of a bumpy season to start, and then when they figure out what the pieces are, we'll be off to the races. When a head coach tells me that, I'm okay with it. But when the media tells me that, when the media who did not think very highly of Max Duggan last year, who when he was replaced, replacing Chandler Morris as the uh, starting quarterback, conversations were around, will TCU finishing the bottom third of the conference. What is this going to look like? Okay, well, we know Duggan is has leadership, but he, can he have talent? Nobody thought that Max Duggan was a good quarterback outside of Fort Worth before the season last year. I think if you ranked all the quarterbacks, I think Max Duggan might have been the fifth or sixth or seventh quarterback that got listed. 
and Morris would have been ahead of him. So now that he's gone, all of a sudden people are like, well, you know, they lost to Max Duggan. They lost a Heisman contender. Yeah, they did. They did lose Max Duggan. But you didn't think very highly of him last year, and then he shocked you, and now you're saying, well, it's a big a big loss. You didn't think Quinton Johnson was very good last year. You didn't think Kondre Miller was very good last year. You weren't putting them in the conversation of best running back or best wide receiver in the conference. But now that they're gone, now that they have NFL roster spots, and now that they prove that they are incredibly talented, now you look at it and you go, well, that's a big loss for TCU. So we can't we can't put them number three in the media polls. We can't put them in number one in the media polls. I understand. I get it, right? You only can go off of what you know. And right now the media doesn't know anything. They don't know anything about TCU. Maybe that is a lack of respect. Maybe that's a lack of preparation. Who knows what it is? But when the head coach tells me that, yeah, we got guys who are gone. Yeah, the offensive linemen. Uh, losing uh, uh, Ali or uh, Ali and uh, Alvia, yeah, the, those losing two offensive linemen going to be kind of important to the offense we want to run. When they tell me that, it's a whole different thing than when somebody in Austin, Texas, or worse, somebody in New York or LA who covers the conference is telling me that yeah, TC is not going to be any good this year. I it just doesn't. I don't vibe with it. I don't buy it. Um, the loss of talent to the NFL. I think is going to be highly publicized. I think that's going to be a big major talking point as we get into week one. I think that's what this is going to be in the next couple of weeks, couple of months, is going to be this conversation about how much talent TC lost. They're not going to talk about all the talent that TC still has. They're not going to talk about all of the guys who are still here. Chandler Morris, still here, still playing, still a competitor, still going to try to beat all these other teams. Now, that, that is that. Okay, and uh, we'll read you some of the Sunny Dykes quotes here. He's talking there's not a lot of pressure. There wasn't a lot of expectations last year, so you can just go out and play every Saturday. There won't be a ton of expectations this year, except if TCU loses. Remember this, that if TCU has an incredible season again this year, say they go undefeated in the Big 12, say they may, let's say they have one loss in the Big 12, and they, they're playing in the conference championship game, they will get no respect. Nobody will say, well, this is a TCU team that had all this talent coming back from last year. They won't say that. They'll say this is a TCU team that caught Texas when Quinn Euros was hurt again, or this is a TCU team that caught Oklahoma with their pants down. That'll be the conversation, all right? It'll never get the respect that they deserve. But if they lose games, if this is a team that struggles out of the gate, they lose maybe, say, two of their first four games, and they're 2-2, two and two, or worse, 3-5 and five in their first eight. Then the conversation will be, this TCU team lost so much talent, they weren't any good, we overrated them, there was one season. I tell you now, fans, I tell you now, that that is the conversation that will happen. There will never be, TCU will never get the respect that they deserve until Texas and Oklahoma leave, and then there needs to be a team that dominates, that rises to the top, and I promise you at that point, with the way that basketball has played, the way that baseball played in the College World Series, and the way that TCU football will play this season, that TCU will become the crowning jewel of the Big 12. But until those other two teams leave, they will always be in the backseat, which is very frustrating. You can hear it in my voice here. It's very frustrating, a reality that we live in, but that is the reality that we have. Uh, the other things, he said, uh, our players did a remarkable job staying focused on trying to get better every day. Our deal was, let's control what we can control. Let's control what we can control. That not only is a good quote from media day that's like a quote for life you can only control what you can control don't try to 
control other things. Don't try to think about what other people are doing, what Stacey and accounting is doing. Don't worry about any of that. Focus on what you can control. It's a good quote. And then finally, Max was a tremendous tremendous leader, talking about Max Duggan, of course, in so many ways, a once-in-a-lifetime leader. Steve Alvia was a world-class leader as well. We just had guys that willed us to victory. And the challenge is going to be to find those guys. I think that they're in the program, but just like anything else, it's our job to pull it out of them. I agree. I like that. You talk about guys leaving. The head coach tells me that they're missing talent. I'll buy it when the media tells me they're missing talent. I don't. All right. Well, that is all of the good stuff. That's all the good stuff from TC Media Day. Let's get into the bad and the ugly. So recently, I have been talking about Kendall Browse. I said when he got hired, we're not going to talk about Kendall Browse in the offseason. We're not going to bring this conversation up a ton because I wanted to hear what Sonny Dykes had to say on Media Day. Well, he had this take on Media Day, and we're going to play it for you here unedited. This is what he said during his press conference, and we'll say it this way. This is what he was saying about Kendall Bryles, the hiree, what he went in, what went into hiring him. You go back and you look at kind of what, what happened at Baylor. You know, I was a, a young head coach when, when those things were happening, and so I followed it. I'd worked with Art prior at Texas Tech as an assistant and knew him a long time as a, as a high school coach. And, and so, you know, the thing that I always try to do is learn from situations. And, and so when uh, when all that happened at Baylor, the thing I tried to do is, is okay, let's make sure that this never happens in, in my program. And how can I go about doing that? How can I learn from from mistakes that were made. And I think that we all want to do that. And I think that colleges across the board, whether it's time, thing has gotten better because of, of what occurred. I did a lot of homework in that. I talked to a lot of people that were directly involved in that situation to learn from it. And that was a number of years ago. Um, and then had a chance to see guys move on from there and, and see how they did. And if they had any issues that plagued them moving forward. And, and certainly all of those things were things I considered when I hired Kendall. I mean, I knew it was going to be an unpopular hire in some ways because of, of things that had happened. Um, but at the same time, I was very confident knowing from knowing Kendall from the time he was 13 years old and just talking to people that were directly involved in that situation. So, you know, that was there was a tremendous amount of due diligence a number of years ago uh, when I was at, at SMU. I did a lot of due diligence as well, talked to a lot of people that were directly involved at Baylor and saw it and, and tried to learn from those mistakes. And then obviously, as we got down the road, hiring him. So, you know, I feel really good about the hire. Okay, so clearly a lot of moving parts there. So I want to break it down into two things. One, he feels really good about the hire. That was the last thing that we heard. I hope so. I hope that you feel very good. You did mention... Sonny Dykes did mention in here that he knew it was a controversial hire, and he still did it, which we're going to get to part two of this interview in a moment when he talks about what Kendall Bryles brings to the table from a football point of view, because I think that's very interesting as well. But I want to point out that he never once mentioned, he said, the what happened at Baylor, the, the, the controversy at Baylor, the incident at Baylor. He never says exactly what that was, sexual assault. He never mentions that sexual assault, the cover-up with many players at Baylor, the cover-up from the top to the bottom. We're not even talking about just coaching staff. We're not talking about an assistant coach here or a head coach here or the AD here. We're talking all the way to the president. This is a cover-up at Baylor, and Ken O'Briles is in the web of stuff when it comes to that. His dad was the head coach. Our Briles was the head coach at Baylor. He knew what was happening. They did not say anything. Okay, that is That is what happened. So when we say, like, oh, the incident, like I want to make sure that we're all clear here that this isn't just – a couple guys got caught stealing some Nikes from the student store. Okay, This isn't just a couple guys who were joyriding in a car. 
Okay, that's not what happened here. There was actual problem. There was actual victims of these assaults. And he says that he did the due diligence. Study Dykes mentions he does the due diligence, that he looked into all of this and interviewed people and, and kept up with the players and everything else. Great. I'm very happy that he kept an eye on things. I do find it interesting that he said that he learned from the mistakes from that and then he said, I'm not going to let that happen in my programs, and then brings Kendall Bryles in who, let's be honest here, let it happen in one of his programs. So it's very interesting. That is hopefully the last time we talk about this because – as a fan of TCU, I have to stand in line. And it sucks. And you're not a fan. And I don't blame anybody else who turns their nose up at this. And it's probably a bad thing. But as a fan of TCU, you kind of have to get in line with this. You kind of have to hear what your head coach has to say and not agree with it. You don't have to agree with it. But he's the OC. And he's what we're going to have the rest of the season. And that is the hands, that, the cards that we've been dealt with. Everybody has expressed their displeasure. I've expressed my, I have expressed my displeasure on this podcast and many other platforms of the hiring of Kendall Browns. But at the end of the day, that is going to be the OC in Game One. That's going to be the OC in the national championship game potentially. That's going to be the OC going forward, and that that is what we have to deal with. And granted, right. You're innocent until proven guilty. I believe that there's enough evidence here that Kendall Bryles might not be completely guilty, but he's sure as hell not innocent. His hands are not clean, um, and that's what we're going to deal with. So now we're done with that. Hopefully we never have to bring it up again on this podcast or any other podcast. Hopefully we're done with the Kendall Bryles and Baylor sexual assault. We're done with it. So let's move on. Let's talk about Kendall Bryles as an OC because that is what Sunny Dykes is hiring here is an OC. Who's somebody that's going to get us up and down the field? Here's the, uh, here is some sound from Sonny Dykes' press conference at Big 12 Media Day talking about Kendall Bryles, the OC. What he does fits what I believe in. Um, and so I think we're really aligned in terms of what we believe allows you to go out and, and have a chance to win on Saturday. At the end of the day, you know, I don't care if we're running triple option. I don't care if we're throwing the ball 60 times a game. I don't care if to, to win, you know, 55 to 48. Uh, or you win three to nothing, you know, my goal is to try to win football games. And at the end of the day, our job as a coach is to figure out what that looks like, you know, and, and does that mean going really fast and wearing people down? And if that's the case, and then that's what the offense will look like. If that means going really slow and not turning the ball over and giving our defense a chance to win games, then that's what we'll do. And I think, you know, that'll be determined, really, uh, just which unit know consistently plays well and there's going to be sometimes you get into games that are very unexpected like we talked about with texas earlier or michigan i didn't see the michigan game maybe being as high scoring as it was so you just have to figure it out you have to be willing to adjust and adapt and now we can talk about the thing that i want to talk about and that's kendall bryles the oc i think kendall bryles is a very good oc i think that he's a very good offensive minded coach and can you take that and now put that to tcu with Chaz a team that is full of explosive wide receivers whose running back room I think is primed to have a breakout season. All of those things I can get behind. Kendall Bryles, the OC I can get behind. Kendall Bryles, the person I have trouble with. So, Sonny Dykes doesn't. The head coach of TCU, Horn Frog uh, football, feels good about the hire. The AD feels good about the hire. So that means as fans, this is what we are going to deal with, which is fine, which is, you know, it's fine. We'll move on. Um... I will say coming out of media day, I feel better about the program. I feel worse about Sunny Dykes. 
which is not great. You don't want to feel that way. I love Sonny Dykes. I like, I loved Sonny Dykes before this. He did lose a couple points for me when talking about the situation. That's fine, but we'll move on. MLB draft. Boy, oh boy, did we have a good one. Ton of talent. We knew this was going to happen, uh, that TCU was going to put a ton of dudes into Major League Baseball after going to the College World Series last year. I'm not going to talk about what this means going forward for TCU baseball. I'm not going to talk about does this mean that they're going to lose a bunch of steps back? Are they going to be behind teams like Texas or Oklahoma or Oklahoma State, right? Is that what does this mean going forward? And the dreaded Kansas State Wildcats, does that mean that the, all these teams pass them up? I don't think so. I want to just celebrate, celebrate these guys going to the pros. So Brandon Taylor, the number 19th overall pick, he goes to the Tampa Bay Rays. Cole Fontella, the seventh round pick, goes to Los Angeles Angels. Ryan Vanderhall, the tenth round, goes to San Francisco Giants. Cam Brown, the tenth round, to the Philadelphia Phillies. Elijah Nunez, he was picked fourteenth round. Trey Richardson was in the fifteenth round, and Garrett Wright was a twentieth round selection. All in all, TCU totaled seven draft picks, which is insane to think about. That there were seven guys on this team that were good enough to play in the pros. Uh, that is why TCU. I think played as well as they did in the end of the season. I think that it took them a little bit of time to get their feeding or footing set, and then from there they were able to jump out. This is the most successful, we'll call it, MLB draft since Kirk Sarlos took over in 2013. TCU has had 64 draft picks by 22 different organizations. They've produced 26 top 10 round picks, which includes three first round selections in Sarlus's tenure, which is insane to think about. This is a baseball program that if the football team wasn't as good, this baseball team, you'd have enough to hang your hat on. You could go to a bar and uh, flex your muscles on the guys hanging out there about their favorite college baseball teams or college athletic programs. TCU baseball has been insane. I've said this since day one. That was the thing that got me most interested in the Horned Frogs when I was growing up was their baseball program. It wasn't football. And then, of course, with Andy Dalton, I fell in love with TCU. So, baseball draft was amazing. Um, we're happy. I, I was really impressed by Taylor going as high as uh, he did. 19 overall to Tampa Bay Rays, which makes me think, I don't think we'll see him this year. The Rays are really good. They've got a pretty solid minor league organization as well, from what I've read, from what I've been told. Um, I don't expect to see Taylor next year. But by 2025, I would love to see him in a raised uniform to be playing uh, every day as an everyday starter. It's going to be tough to break that lineup. That raised team isn't really good, and that payroll is really small. So they've got a bunch of guys they're going to have to pay at some point, and maybe you know maybe he ends up in a trade and goes somewhere else. But to be a first round selection, I'm very uh, impressed by. Of course, love love the guy. Love TCU baseball. All right, that's going to do it. Hypnotoad Podcast on the Harlan College Sports Podcast Network. Remember, subscribe, rate, review wherever you get the podcast. I want to thank you guys for making this one of the most successful podcasts on the network. We're doing great things over there. Uh, the big boss, Pete Mundo, he seems pretty happy with us. So thank you for helping us uh, stay in the good graces of uh, the big guy. Win a free Harlan College Sports koozie by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Send it to Pete Mundo at Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com. That's M-U-N-D-O at heartlandcollegesports.com. And uh, next week, we will be talking more TCU athletics, kind of wrapping things up, and maybe even more reactions to more of Media Day as we get closer and closer to kickoff for the 2023-24 football season. Until then, though, stay cool.
continues to be hot in Texas. Harlan College Sports Podcast Network. Hypnotel, we'll talk to you guys next week.